It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy Wednesday and welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. Got two hours of sports talk, one guest for you. That is Mr. Jordan Bianchi. He'll join us at 1230 to talk a little NASCAR. Figure out what's going on with our man Chase Elliott. I don't know if you heard, but he had a snowboarding accident, so he's going to be out about six to seven weeks. We'll get Jordan's thoughts on that. Some baseball talk, basketball talk as well. But we start with Lamar Jackson. We talked about this a lot uh, in the last few days leading up to the franchise tag deadline. What were the Ravens going to do? And, um, well, they put the – here I go again. Non-exclusive. I can't ever remember that. The non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, which means uh, he can talk to other teams and then the Ravens have the option to either match the other team's offer or take two first-round draft picks. So we'll see what happens. But teams came out pretty quick yesterday and said they were not in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And, you know – Isn't that interesting to come out and say that publicly? I I just find that so weird. No, I think it's – I don't think it's weird at all. I'm glad the Falcons did it because we're like we're we're on to free agency next week, and we know they're not going to be a player for Lamar Jackson, so we can move on to the next thing. Well, they can always change their mind too. Sure, they, they, we, don't, we can't hold them to that. But I just I don't know the way the NFL handles like those things and like coaching hires now is to me is weird to see them. Well, hey, we just interviewed this guy for well, our DC job. Well, like if you bring, well, yeah, but I think that's transparency because of the Rooney rule stuff. But sure, I mean, to, no I mean, look in this day and age, the last thing I want to do as an organization is send my general manager or my coach out to a press conference. And they, they start getting asked questions about a guy. We're not even kicking the tires on. That's just a waste of time. So I think it's better just to get out in front of and say, yeah, we're not, we're not going after this guy because Every because like all right oh here we go soapbox time we don't have journalists anymore there is no journalism we spent weeks talking about Lamar Jackson potentially going to Atlanta nobody's reported that nobody's leaked that nobody said that so right. then it happens where they he gets the non-exclusive franchise tag and now because we would rather talk about juicy sensational stuff to where to the point where you know. Like, if you and I have a conversation about, well, what if, what if, what if, people are going to go, well, they said on the midday sports zone, this guy's doing that, so that's what's happening, when it's a hypothetical conversation. So you have all these hypothetical conversations, and it becomes news, and now you have people saying, well, Lamar Jackson's been linked to the Falcons. By who? Who linked Lamar Jackson to the Falcons? The Falcons didn't link Lamar Jackson to the Falcons, so the Falcons have to come out and say, hey, we're we're not going after this guy. Yeah, it it is. It's a little weird for sure, but, I mean, it's – I think it's – I'm torn here, right? I'm not a Falcons fan, so I'm not emotionally involved You know, mm-hmm. involved in it. I do want the Falcons to do well because they're a lot easier to talk about when they do well than the past two years or four years, five years or whatever it's been. But, like, I'm – so I think they're doing the right thing. But then also go, that's Lamar Jackson. How would you not want – why would anybody not want Lamar Jackson? Because it's $50 million and two first-round picks. Exactly. That's exactly it's the right. price tag. Right. It's not the player. It's the price tag. Right. That's exactly right. And then, I, and then you know, I was watching uh, Dan Patrick's show this morning, and Tenenbaum was on there, and, and he shot this down too. But Dan 
Patrick asked him about collusion amongst the owners. Really? This isn't baseball. There's a salary cap. You have to be financially savvy with this. If there was no salary cap in the NFL, Lamar Jackson would be a Falcon tomorrow. There's no, I mean, the Falcons would be one of the best teams in the league because Arthur Blank's going to spend as much money as it takes to make them great. Can't do that. There's a salary cap. It's not collusion. It's not, it's, it's not smart to invest $50 million a cap hit into one player, and especially a guy that's probably not going to be able to play 17 games a season. Right. It's, it's I mean, a, there's it's just some lot. tough facts here that you have to face that, that that get hard. I think we're too quick to, like, like when you're talking about the top tier quarterbacks. I mean, I know he won an MVP award, but is is he in the top tier quarterbacks right now? I mean, he's if he's not in the top, he's in the second. Yeah. But yeah. but still, I mean, you can't. It's this isn't. It's not Tom Brady. No, that's right. You know, I it just it, it it really it's interesting to me sometimes. Like I think people forget there's a salary cap. I swear every year we get to free agency and we start having these conversations, and I swear people forget there's a salary yeah, cap. Yeah, you, you know that's you when you want to make a trade. Well, let's make a trade. We gotta have somebody who wants to trade with you, right? There is a salary cap in in football. You can't just go throw money after money after money after money at players. You can't. Yeah. You want to. It'd be great if you could. But you know what happens if you don't have a salary cap? Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is like like the New York Jets. Like it's, It sounds like it's like Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. If you're Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, like, and maybe they don't care. Why would you want to take that much money to go somewhere? You're not going to win. You're right. You're, you're not. I know. You can't afford to fill out the rest of the roster because you've got $60 million tied up into one player. Right. Like, I know, I know. It, 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 if you could do that, it'd be great. But you just can't. You can't do that in the NFL. It's hard. Like I asked my wife, or I, we were talking about this the other day, or yesterday, um, and I said Daniel Jones got forty million dollars or whatever it was. I said Lamar Jackson's going to want sixty million, and Matt said, "Ah, oh, man, I wouldn't give give him sixty million." And my wife said, "Well, isn't that the quarterback? Isn't that the most, you know, important position?" And he he said, "No, mom. I mean, I wouldn't give anybody sixty million." Because you can't do anything with the rest I of the mean, roster. I mean, it, it just ties your hands. Your yeah. yeah, and that's over twenty five percent of your cap right now. Right. Um, and, and somebody, uh, uh, Brandon on Twitter, I thought you had to just go a little more than thirty two million. They offered no, the, the no, the franchise tag means if he comes back to Baltimore, he gets thirty two point four million dollars. He's not going to sign for just a tick over. He's trying to get a fifty to sixty million dollar contract. That's what he's negotiating. Right. It just if he doesn't, and I don't blame him for that. If that well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it, you have every right to go try to get as much money as you want to, but you, you kiss the Super Bowl goodbye, right? But I mean, it's just you're not gonna. I mean, unless you just have the greatest eye for talent in NFL draft history, and, and can get a bunch of first and second year guys in their own rookie contracts. Yeah. But the point is, he's going to try to negotiate the contract he wants. If he doesn't get that, he'll take the thirty two million from Baltimore and then do this all over again next year, right? And then. And then, you know, well, I mean, the Lamar Jackson stuff is going to become an NFL story for a couple of years here. Yeah. And, uh, and I, look, I don't blame Lamar Jackson. He sees what these order, other quarterbacks are getting. And if you think you're worth it, 
you try to get as much as you can. You also look. I look at look. We're not Tom Brady fans, right? But look what Tom Brady did in New England. He always deferred. He he was never the high. You know, typically wasn't the highest played player in the NFL. He didn't worry about what the other quarterbacks were getting. He there was money left for them to fill out the rest of that team. You kind of wish that you can't tell somebody not to take more money, right? But you you kind of have to wish you could kind of talk to these guys and say, look, if if you want to take all that money, that's fine. Somebody will give it to you eventually. But you're going to play on a crappy team. Yeah, I mean, look, look at the Daniel Jones. I mean, that was I mean the Giants are just that was idiotic what they did yesterday to give Daniel Jones that much money. They got through 15 touchdown passes last year. He had one good season. One good season. And then the one good season, he threw 15 touchdown passes. And and you're giving him that much money? That's insane. And then then the worst part is two or three years down the road, people are like, well, why can't they win? We did this when the Falcons gave up too many draft picks for Julio Jones. You get two or three years down the road, why aren't they winning? Well, why'd the Seahawks fall apart? Gave, gave Russell Wilson all they, the money. They had to let all the defensive guys go because they paid Russell Wilson $35 million a year. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with these teams coming out and saying, no, we're not doing that. Like, just n- no. I mean, if I was the New York Giants, I would rather move on to draft another quarterback than I would to sign Dan. Just let too. him walk. Let him go. I mean, you're going to get picks if he walks. I mean – I, yeah, I the the it's it's such a weird dynamic because that position is so important. It's so important. But if you're paying that guy all that money and you can't pay everybody else, then you're screwed. And you know now the smart teams, the good teams, have, the Chiefs have handled it. They've made good moves, but they've also had to let guys go. They let Fred Clark go yesterday. Uh, was that Monday? Didn't resign him. We talked about Tyreek Hill. Now they they kept the actual main weapon in Travis Kelsey. But if they get to the point where they can't keep Travis Kelsey, it might happen. Yeah, you might have to move on. It's crazy, but I'm I'm glad the Falcons aren't in, involved in Lamar Jackson. Um, you know he's a good player. It's it's not him. It's the price tag. We'd love to have him as the player. <laughs> if, we, if if the Falcons could get Lamar Jackson for thirty million dollars, I I think you'd do it in a heartbeat. Yep. But that's not going to be the case anyway. But they look like they have a plan. And I and look, they didn't come out and say yesterday that Desmond Ritter's a quarterback going into twenty twenty three. You know they want to keep some intrigue and some mystery in the draft. I understand that they may be looking at one of those four quarterbacks. We can't rule that out either. Uh, but. The, the plan, even if they do draft a quarterback, we can say that the plan is to still continue to build this team the way they have the past two seasons uh, because they're not going to go, you know, use up all their free agent or their uh, um, uh, capital and free agency on one player. So I think that's a good thing. We'll take a break. When we come back, we got some basketball to get to, a little baseball as well. Then we'll open it up for your phone calls. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Welcome back into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you talking sports here. So the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets won game one in the ACC tournament. Uh, nice come from behind win over Florida State. The Jackets were down 10 at the half and rallied to uh, won it on a free throw with .3 seconds left. And um, 
They advance to take on Pitt. They'll play at 2.30 this afternoon. And is Josh Pashner saving his job? That's the question everybody's asking right now. Yeah, I was literally just asked that about 30 minutes ago on a, on a I was doing a French show, and he asked me that. And I, I thought if, if they lost yesterday, I thought he was – I thought that was probably it. You know, I – but is that enough to save your job, winning one game in the ACC tournament? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, what if they win today? If they win today, you know, you give a little bit of excitement, but they're still, I mean, they still are under 500. They're still not a good team. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, it feels like it's time for there to be a change, Mm -hmm. right? We've talked about that. All the reasons that we've talked about, they've really stunk other than his first year there. And then the year they went to the NCAA tournament. They've not been good. But I like the guy. So that makes it, I mean, it's hard for me to say, hey, I want this guy to go. Because I think he's a good dude, and I think he's a good coach. I don't know why it hasn't worked. Have they given him all the resources that he needs? I don't know. But, I mean, is, is one week? Bob Hoffman used to say this all the time. Three days in March overwrites three months. And that's what happens in college basketball. Is that enough? For him to keep his job, if they if they go on a little run, if they win today and they beat Pitt, mm-hmm. is that is that enough? I don't think so. I think he's done enough to justify coming back if they decide to do that. Right. I don't think people are going to raise hell, and you know, there's not going to be a mutiny. Yeah. But it still is it the right decision? That's the thing. Well, it's tough. I mean, they've yeah. done. I mean, they've really the the last three weeks have been much better. Sure, uh, no doubt. But then there's also that that notion of you know you don't in college basketball anymore. You don't just pick up where right where you left off because right. um, it's it's different year to year with the transfers. Yeah, they've lost. I'm sorry, I got so used to saying that they've won six out of their last seven and uh, seven out of their last nine down the stretch. And that was after just a brutal losing streak. Where I mean, honestly, it looked like during that nine game or yeah, I think it was nine game losing streak. Like they had just given up. And the one argument that you can make for Josh Pastner is he has not lost the locker room. Those guys rallied and played really well down the stretch. Um, now, the teams that were beating down the stretch, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Florida Tech, Louisville, Syracuse, Boston College, not exactly going to – Florida State, too, they didn't have a very good year. Not exactly knocking your socks off. So, you know, as we said, it's only going to get harder the further you go into this tournament. I just wonder – you know, with the Pitt Panthers who finished fifth in the ACC, they were 21 and 10 this year, 14 and 6 in the conference. I, I just wonder, you know, are we going to get something definitive today? Either they beat Pitt or it's it's over early. Well, if they get blown out and you – look, Florida State was banged up yesterday. They've still got guys who haven't played most of the season who they thought were going to be their best players. And they had two guys get hurt in that game. They did come back and play – so they were on the court. And Georgia Tech, look, I, I, nice comeback. I, I thought it was a really, really good comeback. But it's it, it, it's not one where I go, oh, he saved his job by winning that game. I, I, I just I think that is probably not the right decision to base it on one game. Um, but, I mean, Jay Bat's got to make that decision. And 
you're right. I think maybe he's done enough to justify it being a discussion. <laughs> is that an easy, is that a way enough way of dancing around it? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it was a discussion three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I thought he was gone. Right. They've, they've, he's made it hard. Yeah. He's, he's made it a lot harder uh, for Georgia Tech to move on if if that's the decision that they want to make. But at the same time, we were talking about. You know, if you keep this guy on board for financial reasons, you're only what what's worse? You know, another year of apathy. You know, what in other words, if you go ahead and cut the cord and start to turn the corner now, it might hurt financially now, but three years down the road, will you do more financial damage by not letting the guy go? And I think now if you do need to keep him for that reason, you can justify it but on with basketball. You can, but what happens next year if this is you then you've then you've just kicked the can down the yeah. The road, right? Yep, no question. Uh, Georgia faces LSU tonight. Uh, Nine o'clock tip for all you night owls out there. I'm gonna try to stay up and watch it. Uh, and and you know the Bulldogs. Look, it's. I hope they win tonight because the 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 it it's been frustrating down the stretch here, right? The, right. The, the, the season for Georgia has been a good one. Uh, they you know big first step for Mike White. We've talked about this. I mean they they checked that box almost before the new year started. Um, so that was. A, a really good thing to see Georgia basketball kind of start to take the first steps back towards relevancy. Uh, but down the stretch, they've lost five in a row and they've lost eight out of their last 10. Um, and, and I mean, if you want to even go back further than that, um, really, you, it, they had, you know, they beat Auburn and everybody was like, oh, here we go. And then they beat Mississippi State. They went on the road at Ole Miss. And then they had that loss to Kentucky. Since that loss to Kentucky, they only won three conference games. Right. They are – they're not better in the hat – they didn't get better throughout the season. Yeah. They just didn't. Three and 11 down the stretch. Right. And now they've made, they played – maybe they played a tougher schedule. Whatever you want to say, I don't know, you know, what the reason is. But they had they were a better team earlier in the season than they were at the end of the season, and that's not good. No. But it, again, it's everything that you have to. It's the total opposite discussion with Josh Pastner, right? He's been yeah. there seven years. He this is what he built. Mm-hmm. Can it can it get better? Mike White just got there. Yeah, it's year one. Right. No, you just you just would like to see a win, so you have a little bit better taste in your mouth as the season winds right. down. Like I think the South Carolina loss the other day is was was like yuck. Because they're terrible. Mm-hmm. It was on the road, all that's true. But if they hadn't lost to South Carolina, I'd probably have a little bit better right. feeling about the end of the season. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in those three wins, they play LSU tonight. LSU was one of those three wins. Right. And Kentucky was one of those three wins. So, you know, it's there's still even some positives there. But it just, um, you know, they finished to the bottom four of the conference. That's why they're playing tonight. Um and you know if they can beat the LSU Tigers and get to the next day, then then I think you've really you, 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 those good feelings that we had about this season uh, kind of come back a little to bit. You though, like I don't say for these te- these kind of teams, Georgia <clears throat> and Georgia Tech, I don't say well they didn't beat. It. I mean look who they beat. Well they're bad. It doesn't matter who you beat when you're bad. <laughs> you got to beat somebody. You got to beat somebody, <laughs> right? I mean if you're a good team, you can throw out that that strength of schedule stuff. But if you're bad, it doesn't matter. So if they beat George, if they beat LSU tonight, that's a good win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. Um, as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned, I, I, I'm going to keep mentioning this as much as we can. Kennesaw State has advanced with their win of the A-Sun. 
UNC Asheville won the Big South. College of Charleston, the CAA. Northern Kentucky, the Horizon League. Uh, Drake is in. Fairleigh Dickinson, South Missouri State. Furman won the Southern How Conference. Furman, man? How about the, the, the Paladins? Really? You know what their life, their motto is now? <laughs> and it shocks we me. suck? No, it shocks me every time I see it. It says F U all the time. <laughs> I was at the SoCon tournament about five years ago, and this like a little five year old walked by me with a t shirt on and said F U all the time. <laughs> that's their motto. That's and I was like oh, That's worse than Austin P. That, yeah. Yeah. I you know, I saw Austin P when I was like five years old. I was like, Dad, why are those fans chanting let's go pee? <laughs> But I mean, so well, it's better than let's go Duke. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Furman, the Paladins. The Paladins and for the first time in like forty-five years and, they're in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, and but yeah, good for them. Their jersey just said it took me a while. Dens. Dens. That. That's so that. dumb. So why do they do that? Are you that lazy? You can't say a three-syllable word. Well, nobody knows what the hell a paladin is, anyways. You, so you can't shorten words that we don't know what they are to begin with. A den. Right. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, come on. Yeah, it's so silly. Come Oral on. Roberts is in. Louisiana won the Sun Belt. Way to congratulations to the Cajuns. And uh, Gonzaga, or Gonzaga, depending on where you're from. Gonzaga. It's not what? It's not depending on where you're from. There is a correct way to say it. Is there? Gonzaga yes. does not sound right. They're not the Zogs. <laughs> They're the Zags. Gonzaga can be the Zags. The name of the university is Gonzaga. It's not Gonzaga. How do you say Nevada? Nevada. No. <laughs> God darn, man. There are <laughs> there is grammar. You don't say Chicago, do you? No, I do or, not. Do you say Missouri? No, it's Missouri. There you go. I know I do, people who say Missouri. If if Chicago. I'm no, I do have one problem. Like I can sit here and look at you right now having a conversation and say Illinois. But if I see it on Illinois, paper, I time. pronounce the S every time. You're and I can't my blood help it. Go up, and I'm we sorry. know that's not a good thing. No, we need to take a break. <laughs> uh, as we do, we'll open up the phone lines, 478-646-ESPN. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. 1131, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Phone lines open at 478-646-ESPN. Wherever you want to go. In the world of sports is fine with us from the t- secret text line, Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get to the phones now. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Ken is incoming. What's up, man? Hello, Russell Brown. Hello, Sidekick. Hope you guys are having a great day. Um, we are. Russ, when you said we suck, I was in a bank. I had my Bluetooth in. I literally laughed out loud, and people turned around and looked at me. And I'm like, just having a moment. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) All right, so this is about sports. Okay, it is. But I saw the most disturbing commercial yesterday, and I'm not going to name the name of the the insurance company, but it starts off with iced tea, giving a spiel, and then walks, hand to God, Allen Iverson, and guys, he looks like he's 100 years old, okay? It's a barbershop. Hear me out. So they sit down, they give their little spiel, and then one of the barber chairs turns around, and you will not guess who's on the, uh, on the screen. Well, I can guess because I've seen it. So I have you, Daniel, yes. you know exactly what I'm talking about. This yes. is disturbing, isn't it? Come on. It is. Who was in the chair? 
Rick Flair. Rick Flair. That's his heart. Oh, the oh crypt keeper. God. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyhow, and that was he. <laughs> he he's lived a hard life. He, he yeah. He he got he's gotten everything out of life that that you can get out of. Fast it. and hard. And, that's and then for sure. and then some. Yeah. No question. Um. Well, the Falcons aren't getting Lamar Jackson, so you're getting your wish. I hope you're happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's okay. Yeah, I know you are. That's fine. Uh huh. Um. I do think though, Nolan Smith is not the player they need. I love Nolan Smith, obviously, but I think at this point in time, uh, they should commit to the line of scrimmage, whether it's offensive tackle, defensive end. Um, I mean, I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts. I'll let y'all run, okay? All right. Hey, appreciate the the call. You know, the Nolan Smith thing, it's, it's how are they going to use him if they were to draft him? And I think the Lorenzo Carter signing signals to us that, you know, they've been noncommittal about 4-3 or 3-4. I think they're just looking for guys that can rush the passer. And, you know, so if they draft Nolan Smith, I don't think they would be drafting him to, you know, edge is the term everybody uses now. So I'll use that term. I, I think they would be drafting him as an edge player. Um, and like, they have to make a decision on Rashawn Evans. They have Troy Anderson. Those are the linebackers. I don't think they're going to have Nolan Smith in the middle of the field and trying to stop the run if they draft him. Um, so I would, you know, technically, is that line of scrimmage? You know, technically, I guess it's not. But I, I wouldn't have a problem with it because it's p- pass rusher, and that's what they need. Right. I mean, what's the defensive end anymore? Right. I, I mean, we talk about edge rushers more than anything. We don't say anybody's a defensive end. They're they're either an edge rusher or their defensive tackle or their linebacker. Um, I think you're right. I think they're just looking for guys to get after the quarterback. And if that's Nolan Smith, so be it, man. That guy can get after the quarterback. I know that. Um, so I I. I I don't have a problem with that. Um, would you take him eighth? I wouldn't take him that high. I mean, I don't. I, I wouldn't do that. I think he's. I think he's going to end up going in the top ten. I do because really? with the combine that he yeah. had, and, and it just, you know, if you Even look with at the injury, yeah, if you look at his production in Georgia, um, you know, then okay, that doesn't scream top ten pick. But I think he's going to be used differently in the NFL. Well, you say it all the time. We know that the talent was used differently than what an NFL team is going to use him at. Yeah. Right? He, he's not going to be used the same way that he was used in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, in, in college. So. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with it. No, and there will there would be draft analysts and experts that would label that a reach. but No doubt. But, but I, I, I don't think that would be a bad pick at all. And it, it sounds like um, – it, it sounds like, you know, the, the top pass rusher in this draft is, is going to be – um, the I can't even remember his name. The the kid out of uh, Tyree Wilson, the defensive end out of Texas Tech. But in all the mock drafts that have come out since the combine, they've got him going either third, um, to the uh to the Cardinals or fifth to the uh, to the uh, Seahawks. So right, and we don't know what's going to happen trade wise too. Well, something's going to happen yeah. trade wise is going to change the entire top. 10 of the draft and, and there are you know we we talked about the the rich eisen clip yesterday where he said you know just based you know going to dinner and hanging out in indianapolis that the falcons are really kicking the tires on these quarterbacks which scares the bejesus out of me yeah i don't get that i don't get that now again if they're taking uh o'connell from purdue in the fifth round then so be it I, i'm okay with that but i mean don't you have to see what now, look, if you go into this draft and you go, Desmond Ritter's not our guy, and you think 
Will Levis is. And you hit on him. Doesn't matter what Desmond Ritter was, right? Well, well it that's it. It doesn't matter. That's, right. If you hit on him. But if you don't hit on him, you've wasted a first round pick. That's the gamble. But, and that's, you know, it's like yesterday we were talking about it on the afternoon show. This day and age, especially with the rookie salary cap, because, you know, you're not like in years gone by, if you took Anthony Richardson, let's say, you know, with the, with the fourth pick in the draft. And then you had to give him, you know, he's going to be wanting $30, $35 million a year with the way the quarterback market is now. You're not going to give him 40 because he's a rookie. But you're going to invest four years, $120 million into that player, and if he's a total bust, it sets you back four years. Oh, my gosh. Now it's a lot easier to move on from a quote-unquote mistake. So I think it's it's worth, to the, for these NFL teams, I think it's worth the gamble. Like, if, let's say the Falcons take Anthony Richardson. And you get two years into it, and he's just not getting the job done. Meanwhile, Desmond Ritter put his head down and kept going to work. He's ready to be a starting quarterback. You move on from Anthony Richardson, you're, you're good. Yeah, I mean, look, I my team's in that kind of a situation right now. I mean, they drafted um, Trey Lance. Now, they they made they made a big trade to go get him, too. Mm-hmm. But they drafted him, and you know, then they also drafted Brock Purdy. Well, what if Brock Purdy is the guy? You can't just say, like in years past, you'd say, well, damn, we gave Trey Lance all that money. We've got to stick with him. You don't have to do that anymore, to mm-hmm. your point. Yeah. I, no, and I've said this, I'll say it again. I in the Under the old system before the rookie salary cap, I don't think Levis or Richardson would be first-round picks. But you can afford to take that gamble now if they don't pan out. Because, you know, the, the it's the risk-reward. Right. What's the risk? In two years, you trade them or cut them, release them, move on. What's the reward? They're Josh Allen. If you draft Josh Allen at eight, I mean, the Bills did that, and look what they've been. Now, they haven't gotten over the hump yet, but they've been close. If you get Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. then I don't care what Desmond Ritter is. Look, as a Falcon. Desmond Ritter's not that. It doesn't matter, right. Right. As a Falcons fan, I would trade places with the Bills in a heartbeat right now. I, I wouldn't think twice about it. And look, and I want Desmond Ritter to get the shot. But like you said, if they do draft one of these quarterbacks and they're the real deal, we're not going to care in two years. Not at all. And you're not going to say, you know, hey, we wasted Desmond Ritter. No, look what we got. You know, it's kind of like that. You remember that that stretch when the Lions drafted a receiver every damn year? <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like what are we doing why do you keep drafting receivers but if one of those guys turned out to be jerry rice you wouldn't have cared you wouldn't have cared that's it It, it, it's 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 an inexact science before and after the draft i mean it's just do they pan out or not you know if, if if reggie kelly had turned into the next tony gonzalez we wouldn't care that the falcons already had two tight ends when they drafted it not at all Oh my goodness! It's it the draft it, man. It's wacky. It, we kind of have to start looking at it a little more like college football, right? You're just trying to stack talent on top of talent, mm-hmm. right? Now there's not the four year thing like with college football, but if you've got, I mean, if you've got Travis Kelsey and there's another Travis Kelsey in the draft, you're the Chiefs. You don't go, oh my God, we don't want another Travis Kelsey. You go ahead and draft him. No, you draft a new Travis Kelsey, so when the old Travis Kelsey's contract comes up, you can let him walk. Get out. And then <laughs> spend your money somewhere else. I mean, that's the younger, cheaper talent, and it's in the draft. And that's why it's so important. 
for these teams to draft well. It because, really is. I mean, that is because you have that's the only way because of the salary cap to build depth in the NFL is through the draft. It's you, the only way. You can fill in holes mm-hmm. in, in free agency and you can you can't ju- you can't ignore free agency. Because you can't, I mean, you, you can't just win with just your own players. Mm-hmm. But you have to build a base with your own guys. Yep. You have to. Yep. No doubt about it. We're going to take a break. Uh, phone lines are open 478 646 ESPN is the number. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Eleven forty five. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. So the uh, the Eagles lost to Georgia last night, seventeen to eleven. It was a low scoring game. They got a really good defense, so it's hard to get points. I, I don't know why we went for two on that last touchdown to make it seventeen <laughs> to eleven, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, it was a midweek game, and the bats were hot in Augusta last night. So Georgia wins game one of the series. Game two will be tonight in Statesboro. So we'll look forward to that as the Eagles try to even the season series at one apiece. They'll play a third and final game in the midweek later this year in Athens. So yesterday I went and compiled um, the records for our six Division One programs here in the state of Georgia because we've always talked this year, this time of year, about how college baseball is so neat because these schools play each other. Uh, so I thought, well, let's keep up with the standings and, and, just, uh, and just the records against each other, you right, know? Right, right. And so last night, with a win over Kennesaw State, Georgia State jumped to the lead. They're one and zero. It was their first matchup against another team in the Peach State. Then you've got Georgia at three and one after their win over Georgia Southern last night. Georgia Tech at three and two. And then the Eagles fall to one and two with the loss to Georgia, and the Mercer Bears zero and one. Kennesaw State now zero and two. Georgia State will play Mercer on March the fourteenth, as we mentioned. Georgia and Georgia Southern play tonight. Georgia Tech plays Georgia State on the 28th. And then um, Kennesaw State and Georgia Southern will play on the 14th. So those are the, kind of the upcoming in-state matchups. It doesn't mean anything. I don't think anybody else is doing this. They're mostly midweek games. I understand that. But I just thought it would be a cool thing to keep up with yeah, just I, for the heck of it. I love it. I, I think it is a cool thing. I, we need to give them out a trophy or something. Uh, we'll send them a, a ba- basket of peaches. There you go. There, and and the other thing that really kind of surprised me a little bit because and it's it's not basketball and it's not football because we know these teams rarely play each other in those sports. So and and the feeling is that you know Georgia and Georgia Tech just don't want to schedule the other four for whatever reason, right? Well, it's the complete opposite in baseball. Georgia and Georgia Tech have played a total of nine games. Uh, in-state against in-state opponents. The others have pl- played a total of seven. So Georgia Georgia Tech go and they play these schools in the midweek, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it is. I, I think you're right. I, I think that it's a lot of fun <clears throat> that they do this. I think it helps the sport. I think it helps grow the sport. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any – in my mind, there's no – doubt that there's a correlation between all those teams playing each other and having good college baseball in this state and college basketball they don't play each other and nobody cares i think you're right sorry i i think there is a direct correlate there's other reasons too Mm -hmm. i get that but that is a that is on the list i think you're right I, i i really do i think you're right and we've seen i mean they've done it in the past like Georgia Tech has come here to Macon to play Mercer. It's it's happened before, but it doesn't happen 
every year. Doesn't it's not enough. consistent. Right. It doesn't exactly. It doesn't happen enough. You know, football is a different animal. I, I would I would prefer like if Georgia Tech or Georgia is going to play a Group of Five team, play Georgia Southern or play Georgia State. If you're going to drop down and play FCS, play Kennesaw State, play Mercer. They don't do that, but it's not going to hurt college football. No, it's not. But look, you would wish that Georgia and Georgia Southern and Georgia State could play each other more often. You wish that Georgia Tech and those schools could play each other more often. You would wish that Georgia Southern and Georgia State would play Mercer and Kennesaw State more often if you're going to play an FCS program. And Mercer and Kennesaw State should play each other every year. I'm sorry. that We have a, we have a, a Power 5 rivalry with mm-hmm. Georgia and Georgia Tech. We have a, in this state, we have a G5 rivalry with Georgia State and, and uh, I said Georgia State, Georgia Tech. And Georgia Southern, right? Now, they're in the same conference, mm-hmm. so they have to play each other. But Kennesaw State and Mercer should play each other every year think, in football. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. You can imagine what that would build in this state for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a great idea. I've never thought about but that you before. you say this all the time. In college football, it's the only sport where teams run away from competition. And I think it's absolutely true. Yeah, not well, not all teams. Not I, all I will teams. say this. You know, Nick Saban came out and complained about the potential three as if Tennessee's been in the top ten every year in the last decade, which is not the case. Did as he if say all that? The, I mean, well, he oh, he, he didn't say no, no. He said he he pointed to where L, you know, LSU won the division and Tennessee finished in the top ten. I mean, he was looking at this past this season. Year. Right. It's on a ten-year sliding scale. But but then, did you see what Brian Kelly said? No. He basically said that he loved it. That's why he came to LSU to play in big games like that. Good for him. And what a breath of fresh air. I, he, he and his family are becoming <laughs> one of my favorite groups ever. I, look, you know, and I, I think I was never a huge fan of his at Notre Dame. It's more of the Notre Dame thing than him. But that guy embraces competition. Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah. No, I, I like I like that a lot. Let's get to the phone call here. 478-646-ESPN. Kirkland is in Macon. What's up, man? Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. Hope you? you are. Good. What's up? Great. Great. Hey, you know, people are talking about all these top quarterbacks out of the SEC, the projections, all this first-round talent. But lo and behold, who's the top quarterback and quarterback in the SEC? Any guesses? Well, it was Stetson Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! I hope you get to meet him someday, Kirkland. One day, one day, brother, one day, hopefully. Yep. Kirkland, I hope the Falcons draft him just for you. Yeah, I, I don't want him to go to the Falcons. <laughs> Everything will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Thanks, bud. Uh, Kirkland loves him some Stetson Bennett. He does. It's all right. He's a good player. He is a good player. No, if Stetson Bennett was six four and three years younger, he'd be a first. We'd be right there oh in the conversation God. with the rest of them. I think he starts a game in the next two years in the NFL. I nothing at least he, one. I don't think we should be surprised by anything this guy accomplishes. I, I'm not. I mean, he's already proved everybody wrong once. I mean, even his coaches, he's proved them wrong. Yeah. So I, I you know, I. No, nothing he does at the next level will surprise me. I mean, he may never take a snap. You know, he may be the next Aaron Murray slash Jake Fromm. He might be Chase Daniel and stand he, on the sideline for 12 years. I mean, right. And Or he may end up in the right – he might be the next Brock Purdy. I mean, I, yep. nothing this guy does will surprise me. He's got the athleticism. 
Um, you know, it's he's got the experience. It's pretty clear he's got the chip on his shoulder. He's got the kind of need. He's got the chip on his shoulder. I think I think for quarterbacks coming from programs like Georgia, it is a a bit of a bigger adjustment because you know ninety five ninety nine percent of the time you took the field in college, you had a, a serious talent advantage over the other team, and that's not going to be the case in the National Football League. Right. Uh, but uh, you know he's not going to have six seconds in the pocket. Right. But uh, you know other than that, right? I, if he goes to um, the Cardinals and he's running for his life like Kyler Murray, okay, probably not going to work. But if he goes somewhere where they've got a good offensive line, they've got a good plan, they've got good guys around him, like you mentioned, Brock Purdy. If he if Stetson Bennett went to the Forty ers right now, he would be fine because of. The coaching he has, and all that talent around him, mm-hmm. they'd be just fine. Yep. Starting, I would have no. I'm a 49ers fan. I would have no reservations about him starting games at quarterback for the 49ers because of everything around him. Yeah, I mean, well, we saw we we saw him do it last right. year. Same thing with the Eagles. I think the Eagles would, you know, that kind of a yeah. spot. You know, I, now you don't want him going to the Commanders where they're a disaster, or. You know, whoever else you want to well, name, that's right? it's the so Bears. much of it, right? Well, so much of it is is landing in the right spot for these is. guys for I mean, any of them. It just it's being in the right spot, the right organization. I mean, go look at even the greats. You know, Peyton Manning in his rookie year, he was awful. Well, I mean, if Joe yeah. Montana hadn't landed, and I'll go back to the 49ers, if he hadn't landed with Bill Walsh and that offense, yeah. is he Joe Montana? It's a good question. Or, you know, I mean, we've seen other guys with his skill set yeah. and it not work. Right. If if Brett Favre never gets traded to the Packers, you've never heard of him. That's right. I mean, it just he got he got to the right spot where I mean he was ended up in a small town where he where if you know he he couldn't go out but and, had and be anonymous. Coach. Right, and had a great you know? coach and a great look at all the guys on that staff who are now who were offensive oh, yeah. coaches who were are now head coaches yeah. or have been head coaches. Andy Reid, John Gruden, right. Steve Mariucci, Mike Holmgren. Right. I mean, it was that's one of the best offensive staffs ever. Yeah. It's it it's it's. I think there's a theme developing as we lead up to the draft. You're rolling the dice, baby. <laughs> Let's go. We'll take a break for the top of the hour. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. We'd love to hear from you. Back with more right after this. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ and Daniel back with you here. Phone lines are open at 478-646-ESPN. We got Jordan Bianchi on the way, bottom of the hour. Talk a little about the NASCARs. Um, last segment, uh, our, our buddy Kirkland called in. He's a big Stetson Bennett fan talking about Stetson Bennett. We were saying how... You know, you gotta. It, it's all about landing in the right spot. I mean, for, whether you're, uh, it's the first round, the second round, the third round for these quarterbacks. It's just the the timing has to be just right. Now there are exceptions to the rule. Um, the elite, elite, elite. I'm talking the Peyton Mannings, the the Trevor Lawrence would be the latest. Like it does it, for Trevor, it didn't matter 
where he ended up. It was just a matter of that organization getting the right coach. And they, but it still mattered, kind of, sort of, about – Right, but they have, weren't going to give up on Trevor Lawrence. No, no, no. Well, Dan Marino could play in any system. Yeah. Right? I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, um, yeah, there, there's, you know, any position it ma- – like, I think Debo Samuel – again, I go back to the 49ers. Debo Samuel, anybody could figure out how to use him, but would – other teams use him the way the 49ers use him. I don't know. I don't, you know, because Kyle Shannon has a certain way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, there are – it is that way for every uh, – I mean, Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett's a great player. But what if Grady Jarrett went somewhere where, you know, he had to – I mean, there, he wasn't in a certain system, right? What if he got – you know, what if he went somewhere and they had – some defensive tackles, and he didn't get to play right away. Yeah. You know, maybe his his career would have been stalled a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, and that reminds me of Eric Metcalf. Remember, he played for the Cleveland Browns. He was a really good kick returner, yeah. but right. he, he was kind of small, too small, almost too small to be a running back in the NFL. And then, lo and behold, the Falcons decided to start running run and shoot. It's a perfect slot receiver for that system. Yep. And, and then there was a fit in Atlanta. Um, I mean, he was only here a couple years and then bounced around the league before he was out. Um, but you know he he had some success there. Uh, even went to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. But it, it, it and, and you know it's an interesting conversation. I, uh, now I don't know if I would go this far, but I, I got a text from a friend when they were talking about Stetson Bennett and, and Lamar Jackson. Ironically enough, and basically the thing that he threw out there is you know in the draft wouldn't you? He said take two quarterbacks in the middle rounds, but. I mean, I wonder if teams are going to start doing that, trying to find – like, Stetson Bennett's the perfect candidate this year, right? Right. If you the, ha- if you have a spot in the fifth round – Yeah, I mean – And you saw what happened with Brock Purdy last year, why wouldn't you take a chance on a guy like that? I'm telling you. I, and, and look, and, and it may be – it may be, become one of those kind of trendy-type things that he it ends up elevating him to a day-two pick. But for those teams that are going to be patient and, and bide their time – and wait for that, you know, on Saturday. Get your quarterback on Saturday. Right. Um, if you build the right way and you get the right amount of people around, you know, you can do that. We used to. I used to wonder when Tim Tebow was the quarterback for the Broncos, and not necessarily him specifically, but you know, when is an NFL team going to start like making that the model for their quarterback and then spending them on defense? This is almost what the Eagles have done. And then spending on defense and basically, you know, winning games seventeen to ten. Right. Well, because, the Seahawks did it. Yeah, the Seahawks did it. And they won a Super Bowl. And they won a Super Bowl because the quarterback eats up so much of your salary cap. Instead of having a, a you know, fifty seems to be the number now. Instead of having a you know a guy eating up fifty million dollars a year, man, go get three guys taking up fifteen million dollars a year and, on the defensive side. And I know that the salary cap continues to go up. Mm-hmm. Right, so you, there is more money to spend, even if you spend, you know, these astronomical numbers on the quarterback. But it, it's still it's such a it's such a paradox, man. Because you have to have a good quarterback to win, or at least you have to have the right quarterback to win. You don't have to have Dan Marino. You don't have to have John uh, uh, John Elway. You don't have to have. I mean, you can do that, but. You can't spend everything on the quarterback and then still think, okay, we're still going to win at a high level every year. It's hard. The Chiefs man. are kind of a unicorn right now. 
Yeah, well, they've got things, but but look, they they're not bringing Orlando Brown back, right? But they also got they got Mahomes paid. He's not the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, is he? I don't I, think so. I don't think he is. Um, so I mean, so he's paid. I mean, he's getting paid. I mean, don't you know? Don't get me wrong about that. But right now, Patrick Mahomes is fifth. There's four other quarterbacks ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. I mean, come on. Well, I'll say this. This year, his cap hit was $49 million, um, and now it's going to go back down to $40 million. But in 2027, when he's 32, his cap hit's going to be $59 million. So the the Chiefs – They'll probably renegotiate. Well, the Chiefs are betting on the salary cap going up too. But they've they've kept Mm – I mean, he's – they're just now getting into that. Like I think the Chiefs' window is getting ready to close. He was his, he was a five million dollar hit in twenty twenty, seven and a point four in twenty twenty one, thirty five. Excuse me, thirty five million dollars last year, and this year it jumps up um, fourteen million dollars to forty nine point two million. So the Chiefs are getting ready. Their window is getting ready to close, and that and I mean you already see it. Orlando Brown's going to be a free agent. He's twenty. You're telling me you? I mean, you can't afford to keep the twenty-six-year-old tackle. Twenty-six-year-old tackle who's as good as any tackle in the NFL. Yeah. So you know that that that's the Chiefs are getting ready to get hit with that crunch, and I just wonder, you know, and we talked about this with Lamar Jackson. When are these NFL teams going to get smart? You know, if you look at what Philadelphia did and you look at what San Francisco did, you know, what's what's the more sustainable model? Now, the tricky part is you got to go find Brock Purdy again. In four years, you got to go find, um, you, you got to go find another Jalen in three or four years, and that could get tricky. And here's the thing for the Eagles, and I don't think this is as much the 49ers, because I don't think you're going to pay Brock Purdy forty million dollars a year. No, but Jalen Hurts is going to want to get paid. And what can? How do you build build the team around him? How do you keep those nine defensive linemen that they had, who were all really damn good? If you're paying that quarterback that much, yeah. you won't be able to do that. You'll have to. You'll have to get by. I think. I think you got to win the lottery twice. Number one, you got to find the diamond in the rough, and then number two, that diamond in the rough has to say, "Hey, just give me fifteen million. I want to win a Super Bowl." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would give you a, a big time advantage. Um, no doubt about it. It would give you a big time advantage uh, when you're trying to to build a roster in the National Football League. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. But it's I'm, I'm like we, I say this all the time about college football, but now I'm starting to really wonder. With Russell Wilson, it was obvious what was about to happen, and then it happened. I can't believe the Broncos still gave him a ton of cash. I mean, so there's still franchises out there that are going to give quarterbacks a ton of cash. But I think that's getting ready to change. Well, the Broncos not only gave him a bunch of cash, they gave the Seahawks their top, their first pick. The Broncos are terrible, and they don't have their pick. Yeah, they're in trouble, man. I mean, could you not have done what they did with him, with some third-rate quarterback? Oh, absolutely. And you still have your pick? 100% you could have. But they, they bought into the Russell Wilson being a franchise quarterback. And he's just, he's not. He's not. You're right. I think he's a fine player. He won a Super Bowl. You, I'm never going to downgrade a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, even Trent yeah. Well, it's like, and I'm not specifically talking about the Hall of Fame with this comment about Russell Wilson, but it's like the Hall of Fame. It's, there's great and there's really good. And I think right now NFL teams are making a mistake by paying 
really good quarterbacks, like they're great. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is at the top of the list. Really good. Well, we were just having a conversation during the break, and somebody was making the case for Daniel Jones, and they were like, "Well, look at the receivers around him. That's why they threw fifteen touchdown passes. Now they got to go get the receivers. They can't. They can't. They just spent all the money on the quarterback. That's the point. That's right. That's right. It's uh, it ain't that hard. So I, you know, I just I'm I'm like I'm 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 enjoying the Desmond Ritter life as a Falcons fan right now. I want to I want to ride this Desmond Ritter train for at least another season or two. I'm not saying he's the man. But he's got the leadership. We saw that. He's he's got it above the neck. We saw that. It's just you know putting it all together on the field, and I I think we saw glimpses of that in those four starts. So I I, I like where the Atlanta Falcons are right now with their quarterback situation, and that's why I didn't want him to go after Lamar Jackson. And that's why I don't. I hope they don't draft one of these top four guys. Now, if they do uh, in the later rounds on Saturday, see a quarterback they like and want to bring him in and push Ritter a little bit, I'm I'm fine with that. Would you rather them do that or or get a veteran? Well, that's a really tough question. Um, it depends on who the veteran is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they can get if they can get Tannehill, if the, if the Titans move on from Tannehill and they can get him on Marcus Mariota money because he already knows the system and can teach some stuff that, yeah. to Ritter, I that would like work. that. Yeah. As long as – I mean, but now – but this is where Arthur Smith, having been in Tennessee, is going to help. Is Ryan Tannehill that guy? You know, because some quarterbacks aren't that guy. Right. And he's coming in to take the job, and if he doesn't get it, who cares about Desmond Ritter? It's, he's, a, he's a grown man. He can get himself ready to play. Not, I don't want any part of that. Well, that's, that's Aaron Rodgers. Right. Well, it's Marcus Mariota. Right. Oh, well, well, I'm not true. the starting quarterback anymore, so I'm going to take my ball and go home. That's true. You, you've already dealt with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. Not at all. We're going to take a break. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Welcome back into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and... Daniel Shirley, if you, are you going to watch any of the World Baseball Classic? Not a second. It got underway at eleven o'clock last night. I didn't see it. Do but people care? I, I'm not going to. I mean, I guess baseball people care, but I'm not going to watch a second of it. It just depends. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's it's in the XFL USFL category for me. Like I'm more curious about what happens in a Braves spring training game than I am sure. the world. Like I don't know when the games are. I saw that they're playing some of the games in Japan. Yeah. So they they had all these guys in spring training, and then they fly them out to Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm not a fan of that. I, I saw Ranger Suarez is pitching for uh, his team. I don't want him in Japan pitching. I want him in <laughs> Clearwater getting his butt ready for the season. I, I'm i not. This is, oh. this is, like, so far down the list for me that I'm not interested in it at all. Well, I mean, I'll watch Venezuela play because I want to see Acuna, Acuna and how right. he looks. Uh, right. Chadwick Trump had the game-winning hit for the Netherlands last night or this morning, whenever it was. I didn't watch it. So, you know, there are some Braves participating in it. Um, and, and the, hey, the, now I will say this. I, this it, it doesn't make me want to watch it, but it does kind of make me go, okay, I'll, I'm going to pay attention to this because the United States is not the favorite. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Who is? I think it's Venezuela. Is that right? Well, and here's the thing for me, too. I, I say, well, I don't want them doing this during spring training. Well, there's no good time to do it. Oh, yeah, no. You can't take two weeks off in June and have this, this tournament, right? Well, that's what they do in soccer. Yeah. And I don't for want the World that. Cup, yeah. I don't want that, but, I mean, I you know, I guess we've still got a month until 
these spring training games. I mean, spring training games don't matter anyway. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. The Dominican Republic is the favorite. Is that right? Then the U.S. and Japan are, are the, I guess, tied for second. Then Venezuela. Okay. All right. And Canada has the longest shot at winning it. And Freddie Freeman's playing for Canada. Freddie's playing for Canada. Yeah, his mom's Canadian. His mom's Canadian, yeah. Yep. I, I'm, are you going to watch it? Or is it just going to depend on where, like, if you're at home and it's on, you might watch it? Yeah, that that kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, I, like, if I'm, you know, getting ready for prepping a show or, you know, like, when I'm online, on social media, if I see, oh, hey, U.S. is playing, then I'll check it out or, right. you know, like that. But it's not – I don't think it's appointment TV for me. Now, if the U.S. gets into, like, the championship or the finals, I'll probably watch that. Well, right. I mean, I, I maybe. Um, but, I mean, like, I'm not watching it this week. The ACC tournament is on, and, and these other tournaments. The Big East starts today. Russ, I watched every second of the AC tournament yesterday. Wow. All three of those games. Watched every second of it. Now, I'm going to be on a plane tonight, so I won't watch get to watch all of tonight's. But um, tomorrow, I'll watch all of it. Friday, I'll watch all of it. Um, so, but th- this is, I mean, and the Players' Championship is this week, too, for me. So, that... And in college baseball, I mean, this is so far down the yeah. line for me. Yeah, it is. It's down there. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Charles is in Macon. Hey, Charles, how you doing? Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Good, man. What's on your mind? We gonna stick with Ritter for quarterback right now and give him a try. But uh, I got a list of things with the Falcons that they need: offensive linemen, cornerback, defensive linemen, wide receivers. If they concentrate in that area, they'll do a lot better. But please fill in that list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Thanks, bud. Appreciate yeah. the phone call. Uh, I think he's absolutely right. Charles nailed it. I mean, that's yeah. that's and and seeing here's the thing by not going after Lamar Jackson, I think you can address all of those things this off season. Right. You know, you go after Lamar Jackson, you got to start making some tough decisions on <clears throat> where you're going to be a little bit leaky, for lack of a better term, um, with your uh, with your roster. But yeah, Charles nailed it. That's the list. So, hey, somebody, can we get Charles up to Flowery Ranch? There you go. Charles, Just make all the decisions. Make sure that, you know, get him with Terry Fontenot and make sure we're all on the same page here. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that that's the list for sure. 478-646-ESPN. Lori and Fitzgerald, hello. Hi, Russ. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, I just asked Siri a little bit ago, and he – that there, there was no Braves games today or tomorrow, and I'm not sure. And then they, he gave me the schedule of all the rest of spring training, but I thought they were playing today. I did too. Hang on, let me check on that real quick, Lori. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought they were playing today because I know it was they had Monday off, and um, that's un, it would be unusual to have multiple. Yeah, they'll play. Okay, they're not okay. Here's what they're doing. They're playing. Um, the Dominican Republic um, with a split squad today, and then they're going to play Puerto Rico tomorrow. So maybe Siri is not counting that as an official spring training game because they're playing uh, national teams getting ready for the baseball, uh, the World Baseball Classic. But, yeah, they've got games today and tomorrow. Are they going to be on the alternate station? I, now that I don't know. I mean, we I don't think the network's going to distribute those games. So I mean, we don't have the option to air those. But I think I think that that they do stream them somewhere. But it's always happening while I'm at work, so I never <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where to find it. I'll look in on my uh, 
internet on my stream on my internet radio. That's why I've been listening to all the weekday games. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it should I'm be gonna, there. I'm going to look there. I'll look. I'll look around one o'clock. I was surprised not to hear anything yesterday. I didn't hear anything Sunday either. Huh? Interesting. Well, right. no, no. Sunday it was on here. Yeah, no, we had it on here Sunday, before oh, yeah. the Georgia Georgia Tech game. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, hey, take care. It was good to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just don't ask Siri anymore, Lori. Siri doesn't know what he's talking about. Or she is. Siri's a woman. I don't want to upset anybody. You got to get those AI pronouns right. Be careful. Goodness knows. (laughs) We don't want to go down that road. No, we do not. (laughs) Oh, you can't trust what it's telling you. How about Uh, that? There you go. Does that work? Yes. All right. Good deal. Uh, four seven eight six four six ESPN. So yeah, I, I look. I, I does the it, does the World Baseball Classic. All right, so they're trying to be like the World Cup, right? And baseball, I mean, basketball is a more international sport. If you're going to try to have a World Cup in another sport, basketball would probably be a better place to start. But doesn't it feel forced? It feels contrived. I mean, I and and and, and it, you know, it's because it's new. It's because we've never well, had it before. What? And look, baseball hasn't worked in the Olympics. Yeah. It's just almost like it just there's something there that it just doesn't work. Right. Well, like you have well, like with soccer, you have a national team. The United States has a head coach and there is a working roster. Right. Now, the basketball is a little bit more cyclical, but U.S. basketball is an organization, and you have a national team. There's not a national there's team. not a national team. They're just throwing a group together to yeah. play ball. Yeah, and you can do that in baseball. We've yeah. talked about that. You can't do that in football, but uh, yeah, it is to me. It feels co- contrived is the right word. Man, they should be, they should have a world football classic. We dominate that. Yeah, we would kick <laughs> Peru's behind. <laughs> if we don't want no, Peru, don't want none of us. No, <laughs> <laughs> Peru ain't played nobody. Brazil, Paul. come on, they ain't they played, played nobody. They played Brazil and Argentina. Come on, they, they ain't played want. nobody. <laughs> you seen that week's schedule? We'll squash them. <laughs> Canada. Come on. <laughs> what are you going to do, Canada? Oh, we dominate Canada. You can't run towards the line of scrimmage, <laughs> Canada. You're screwed. You're breaking the rules, man. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. We digress. Yeah, I, so the, yeah, the, I, as far as the broadcasts are concerned, I am not sure how that will work. We'll have the Hawks on tonight uh, ahead of the Georgia basketball game. Uh, I can tell you that. Tomorrow, if Georgia wins, obviously, we'll, we'll have that game. And then from there, it's just all contingent on whether or not the Georgia basketball team is still playing. What's the What's the odds that Georgia and Georgia Tech are playing tomorrow? Not good. Not good. Not good. I, I think, you know, with Georgia Tech, look, they were they were they were playing Florida State. Florida State's one of those bottom four teams. You know, now you're jumping up to Pitt, who I think finished fifth in the conference. So a much tougher task. And then see, this is where it gets hard because you already had a hard game yesterday. You had to come from behind and scrap to beat Florida State. Now you're going to play a hard game against a more talented team, a tougher team. That's now, healthy, uh, right. exactly. That's healthy, and and so it it just it, it just gets tougher and tougher as you go through it. The reason I think Georgia has a better chance is because Georgia, it's where Tech was yesterday. Right. They're, right. They're it, playing a team that's on battle on their level. I think Georgia wins tonight, but I don't think Georgia Tech wins today. Yeah. I and then and that's the 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 reality sets in. Even if Tech is able to pull the upset today, they're, they're the third day in a row as the competition just gets tougher each and every step of the way. Um you would almost need to have an upset somewhere in that bracket to, to help you to do it. Yep. You know, it's not you know, years gone by when 
you just sometimes I wish they would just take the top eight teams in the conference and start from there. Because I, I look, and I know it's about TV inventory, and you Money. can stretch it out right. more, and and you know, and then everybody gets a chance to play in their conference tournament. But for these bottom, it used to be, you know, oh, could the eight seed make a magical run and have get hot for three days and take a bit away from somebody in the NCAA tournament? Now it's like those t- winning five games in five days. I think Syracuse did it, but that's about well, UConn it. UConn did it with Kemba that year. UConn, that's and it. And then won the whole damn thing. Um, but it hasn't happened very often, and you're right. It's, um, it's it's a different deal now. It's a different tournament. It used to feel, I mean, especially the ACC when they had eight or nine teams in it. It felt intimate, and it felt like, okay, this is our group. You know, I mean, some of these teams you've only played them once yeah. the whole year. Yeah. And like Clemson played Pitt in January. Yeah, it's been They're a not while. the same team. No, it's not. It's not the same team. You're 100% right about that for sure. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic will jump in here. We'll talk a little NASCAR with him. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. All right. Where's your air guitar? Jordan Pike is hung up. <laughs> 12.30, Russ and Daniel He's back like, with you. He's like, I'm not here. going on this stupid show listening that, to that terrible music. That's an awesome song. He's going to hang up on us. It's a great song. That's a great song. Let's get to him. Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic joining <laughs> us on the line. Sorry about that. How you doing? I'm doing well. Always a pleasure. And uh, interesting music choice. I don't disagree with it necessarily. See? Jordan, I'm embarrassed for you and your parents, <laughs> your entire family. Trust me, they got a lot of reasons to be embarrassed for (laughs) That's way down the list, huh? Um, First, uh, I wanted to ask you about Chase Elliott. Um, Obviously, he has the injury off track. I mean, I I know that there's, like, in other sports, they have things in your contract that you can't do. Does NASCAR do anything like that? It's, It's up to each individual team, and there are some team owners who restrict their drivers from kind of doing those extracurricular activities. Um, one example is Joe Gibbs Racing, which, you know, just recently told Christopher Bell, who's a really promising young driver, you know, we don't want you racing dirt cars anymore, sprint midget cars, because we just feel like it's unsafe. Bell was in an accident last year and ended up flipping in the car. He was okay. But for Joe Gibbs' perspective, it wasn't, it's not worth the risk, and he wants to keep his drivers safe. Um, other drivers are more lax. The team that Chase Elliott drives for, Rick Hendrick, you know, used to have a policy. It was actually pretty stringent. He was not in favor of his drivers doing anything outside of NASCAR that he didn't have control over and didn't have the only car or anything like that. Um, but that policy has kind of evolved over the last few years, particularly with Kyle Larson, uh, Elliot's teammate. Elliot, uh, Larson loves to run dirt races, and he's, you know, he's like, listen, this makes me better. I want to do this. So they, they allowed Larson to do it, and that kind of opened the door. And Elliot's one of those guys who, who's done this as well and raced a bunch of different cars. Um, but in terms of stuff like skiing or snowboarding or skydiving or any of that other stuff, um, it's it's kind of a – policy across the board largely of just be smart be safe as you can do as you can do it um and and try not to get hurt well he got hurt so what does that mean for this (laughs) team what does that mean for the team i know they'll have some fill-ins but what what does that mean for this season is it i mean is it just a a good crater yeah i mean it's a good it's a good question right like you don't know i mean he's you know, they, they anticipate, and I use quotes when I say that, 
of six weeks. He's going to be out six more weeks. So, okay, so he's going to miss seven races during the regular season. Still plenty of time to come back and really have a, a great year. Um, he's going to have to win to get in the playoffs. He can't do it any other way. He can't get it on points or anything like that. He's going to have to win a race before the regular season ends at race 26. That's very doable. Um, but, you know, the margin of error is definitely shrunk a little bit. In the grand scheme of things, it shouldn't be that big of a thing, and Chase should be again in the playoffs and have an opportunity to win a second cup title. Um, but the one thing to keep in mind, though, is, you know, during the regular season, you can kind of accumulate bonus points and other things. Those those bonus points can be invaluable come the playoffs and help you avoid being eliminated and everything. Um, Chase now has an op- it's facing the possibility of not having a lot of those bonus points, so he's really going to have to be on his game come the playoffs. And the margin of error, and if you have any mistakes or something happens, you can't fall back on those points necessarily to help you out. Jordan Bianchi, the athletic, joining us here on the program. And Jordan, I mean, he is one of the best drivers. Um, you know, he's he's one of the more popular drivers, which is very important in NASCAR as well. Is there a chance he could get a waiver into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get a waiver. I mean, NASCAR hasn't announced it yet or anything, and that's their policy. Is like, hey, listen, when you come back, we'll we'll deal with it. Basically, kick the can down the road, and it makes sense. Uh, he he's gonna get a waiver. Uh, and, but what the waiver says though is that you don't automatically get in the playoffs. Like it says is NASCAR drivers are required to start every single race to be playoff eligible. The waiver just basically is a, is a permission slip of saying, hey, we excuse your absence and we understand why you didn't start X number of races. Um, so basically if a driver's hurt, they're not going to force the driver to race hurt, um, which is something that's long been the case. And so he'll get a waiver on that respect, but that means that he's, he, he's playoff eligible, but he still has to go out and earn that playoff eligibility by winning a race. Jordan, you, you do the the rankings on you know the yep. tiers. Uh, yep. Who who has surprised you so far? Maybe that may have moved up more than you thought they would have so far through the, the start of the season. You know, yeah, I mean it's a good question. This is going to sound surprising because he's a guy who finished second in the championship last year. But it'd be Ross Chastain, the current points leader and who's number one in that tier rankings. Um, you know, Ross is really kind of. In respect, he hasn't really proven he has a track record, right? He, this was last year was the first time he really was with a big team and he, and he showcased himself and everything and did really well. Won two races, almost won the championship. Um, but he and his team, Trackhouse Racing, are still relatively new. They haven't, they don't have a track record of doing this year in and year out. And you hate to say this, but they really had to come into this year and kind of reprove themselves and, and demonstrate that last year, for lack of a better word, wasn't a fluke. You know, that things just didn't go right and they just got lucky or anything along that nature. Like, they had to show, like, hey, we're legit and we're here to stay. Because if you look at the great teams and drivers, Chase Elliott's a perfect example. Chase does it every single year. You know he's going to win multiple races. You know he's going to be a factor in the championship. And you can count on that. We don't have that history with Ross and Trackhouse. But through three races so far, Ross has more stage wins than anybody else. He's led a bunch of laps. He could have won any of these three races so far. And he, he looks very much like the driver who almost won the championship last year. And, and would you say that with, with Daniel Suarez being fourth in points, is that a pretty good indicator yep. that Trackhouse has it going right right now? That, that's a great point. I mean, we can't let's not forget about Suarez, right? He's one of only two drivers. Alex Bowman's the other one to have top ten finishes in all three races this year. He Suarez hasn't done as has been as flashy as Chastain, led as many laps, or really been in position to win races like Ross. But he's finishing really well every week, and, and he's fourth in points. So yeah, I mean, it's across the board. Trackhouse is doing the things 
um, that great organizations do on a yearly basis. And again, three races in a year, who knows what's going to happen down the road. But right now, the early returns look really promising. Jordan, would a team like that that's you know kind of a newer team, would they just stay at two? Or do they say, hey, let's let's add another team or let's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a question. I mean, they're they're going to run a third car on a part-time basis. They, you know, Kimi Rakinen, uh, who's a former Formula 1 champion, is going to run for them in an upcoming race in Texas. Um, but as a full-time team, third car, they're kind of content right now with where they're at. They would okay. never say never, but they like where they're at. They like the growth, and it's not it's got to be the right scenario and the right fit for them to expand. And right now, um, it looks like they're content with where they're at. Good stuff. Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic has been our guest. Jordan, always appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, checking in with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Look forward to it, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, right. man. That's good stuff there. Yeah, and, and for those of you that, that don't follow the sport as closely, if you didn't hear last – I think it was Friday night, Chase Elliott was injured in a snowboarding accident, and he's going to be out six to seven weeks. So, And it, it apparently him – I mean, that's not an uncommon thing for him to be doing before a race. It just – I, but you just I, I it's, if I'm paying you that much money, I want you uh, in that seat on Sunday. Yeah, no, uh, I, I. But it's hard to tell a guy you can't live your life, especially racing other tour. You know the other circuits, right? Cause then, cause that's how is, you make a living. It is the thing that says, "Well, I'm making myself better by racing more." Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. But out snowboarding, yeah. And now you're gonna miss six weeks because you're snowboarding. Yeah. Eh, yeah, I mean that. that look, I I loved. I would love to snowboard. I've never done it. I would love to. Do it. You wouldn't. You couldn't pay me. I would love to do it. I love skiing. I do love snow skiing. I hate but I'm not making millions of dollars every year. Right. And my live and your livelihood depends on me. Well, you can you can still edit stories with a cast. That's right. <laughs> you can't drive a race car. I've done it. <laughs> That's the thing. Well, and it's just it's unfortunate too. And and look, and I just as a fan, I'm a Chase Elliott fan. He's one of the main reasons I try to watch the race every Sunday, or at least a little bit of it. I mean, by the time he comes back, it's baseball season. So I mean, that just kind of killed the sport yeah. for me in this like window where I watch the race every and Sunday. This, this sport is so dependent on the driver. Yeah. And like you said, you're a Chase Elliott fan. You're not who's he? he he's Hendrick, right? Mm -hmm. You're not a Hendrick fan. No, you're I'm a, a Chase Elliott. I'm a Chase Elliott fan. fan. I don't care. He could drive a Chevy, a Ford, a Toyota. I don't care what. I'm, I cheer for the driver. Right. In this case. Um, so, I mean, I, so you're not going to know who those other guys are filling in for him, I, I, and you're not going to care. I'm not gonna care. I don't. I mean, I'm, I hope they do well, but I it just I'm a Chase Elliott fan, and that's unfortunate. And it is what it is, you know. You just you got it. You move on, and uh, hopefully, you know, just you, you hope that when he does come back, he can win a race and make it into the playoffs, and then you go from there. And like Jordan said, he's going to have a very small window of, of opportunity there, and um, it's unfortunate, you know. But again, I mean, this it, accidents happen. You know, you you can't wrap people in bubble wrap until it's time to go perform. Right. But I just snowboarding just seems a little. I don't know. It seems like you, you had you took a chance that you didn't need to take. I mean, you could, I mean, you could get hurt, you know, falling downstairs. You can, you know, slip in the grocery store. I mean, freak things are going to happen, yes. but it just you just try to, you know, limit the odds. I guess, right. for lack of a better term, of something like that happening. And snowboarding doesn't seem to be that. Snowboarding hurts your odds. Yeah, it does. We'll take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us, and we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. The Superstations.
12.45, Russ and Daniel back with you here wrapping it up on this Wednesday afternoon. The weather is beautiful. The week's flying by. I'm ready for baseball season to get here. But, you know, if, if, if you're new to the area, what you are experiencing is fake spring. This is not real. It, it will get cold again. I think it's supposed to get cold, like, next week. So just just be aware if you're if you've just moved – Oh, this is great. It's springtime in early March. No, don't go plant in the flower bed. You got to wait till like tax day to do that. It will get cold again. And there's always a cold snap right before Easter. Doesn't matter when Easter is, but it's like usually a two or one or two weeks right before Easter, there's a cold snap. Could you stay inside and you'll be fine? But on a day like today, you don't have this desire to just go outside? Not when there's basketball on. No, I, no, there's, there's ACC basketball tournament is on. I'm going home after the show. I can't get on the Wi-Fi for some reason, so I can't watch it here. Oh, I'm, I'm poor guy. I'm going home after the show, and I'm going to sit on my butt and watch ACC basketball tournament. I mean, you, you don't even like just go outside for like two minutes just to soak in the sun just a little bit? Eh, maybe. I mean, it's going to be 71 degrees today. Well, we're going to Houston tonight. Oh, that's supposedly right. Supposedly, it's going to be, as my wife said, hot as hell in Houston. Oh, really? <laughs> It's a little too too early in the year for that, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. And how does she know how hot hell is? I don't know. Well, she's lived in it for 25 years. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, Steve Norris, who sat in uh, with us last Thursday and Friday, will be doing it again this Thursday and Friday because Daniel is headed out. Yeah, I it's, was out no, last it's week. not going to be. I was out last week. I, this is a vacation. I was out for a reason. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so you're flying out tonight, right? Yes. And when are you flying back? Sunday. So it's the high tomorrow is eighty four, the it's high hot. on Friday is seventy nine. Hot, oh my god! Eighty three <laughs> on Saturday, and then eighty seven on Sunday. And and we're not flying back to like I got to get somewhere and watch the NCAA tournament selection show. Our flights at like eight o'clock. Just uh, watch it at the airport. I'm gonna watch it at the airport. I'm like, I'm not missing that. Yeah. Oh well, you got to be at the airport about two hours before your flight yeah. anyway, right? Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a TV near the gate. Well, I got my laptop. I'm taking my. Laptop. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And, and then. Uh, and I got to watch Clemson win the ACC tournament Saturday night. It's never happened before. So Wait, <laughs> but the wedding Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're so gonna win because you're I not gonna be able are. to watch it. And I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> First time in the history of the tournament, and I'm not gonna be able to watch it. <laughs> But, wow. but the Bulls are in town on Saturday night, too, in Houston. But we're not going. Well, because you're same, going to the wedding, yeah, right? thank God. Yeah. I didn't want to pay to and watch this it. And like, this isn't like a, a casual wedding, either, right? No, this is I like a wedding a, wedding. I got to wear a uh, – I, I mean, like, she talked about getting a tux. Yeah. I'm wearing my, my funeral suit. <laughs> Call we, it your wedding suit. That's my wedding suit for this weekend, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. That sounds better. Yeah, I – I can't remember the last time I went to a wedding that was that big of a to-do. I'm surprised. I like I like that we've gotten a little bit more casual about stuff I, like I'm that. not a fan of it. I'm not I'm either. Not like I've if, never been a when fan. When the boys get married, I'm not, you know, I don't want to do, I don't. When the boys get married, you're going to do what the bride wants you to do. 100%. But I don't <laughs> want it to be like this. Right. This is a little too extra for me. It, yeah. Yeah, and, and some people like that, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's their wedding. But, they got to do what they want to do for their wedding, and I get it. That's fine. Yeah, but, you know, the proms and the formals and all that stuff was never never my cup of tea. Never my cup of tea. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's get back to the phones now. Brian is in Warner Robins. What's up, man? 
Hey, guys. Top of the morning to you. Well, actually, top of the afternoon to you. <laughs> Same um, to you. Uh, as, as I've told you before, I do a lot of the, the draft simulator mm-hmm. on Pro Football Network. And uh, one name that always comes to me in about the third round is that center out of Minnesota. Uh, do you think the Falcons have a chance to, or would they take a chance on another center, even though they have about five of them on the roster? Uh, yeah, hey, hey, Brian, that's a good question. I think, I, I mean, I, I think Dalman could kick out and play guard, right? Right. I mean, they're going to need a left guard, and I mean, because like last year with the competition, the thought process was, well, whoever didn't win the center job was just going to be the guard, and Hennessy just did. That's just not going to work. But if they did take – and I think that's why, you know, the Skaronsky would be the ultimate pick for the offensive line. They'd have to do that with the eighth pick if they were going to go that way because he can play all five positions. I would take him in a second. If he's there, I would yeah. take him in a second. And then, wherever, and then you can move Dalman around. But, because of, but to answer your question, Brian, because of Dalman's flexibility, yeah, they could take a center. And if, they, if there was somebody they liked like that in the third, fourth round, and and they bring him in, and they feel like he can start, and they can kick Dalman out to left guard, and that solves your left guard problem. Because right now you're going to need, you need the right now your need is one. If McGarry goes, your need is two. Um, if you draft Skaronsky, he can do either, so it makes you it gives you more flexibility in terms of how you fill that and, other slot. And they didn't tag McGarry. No, they did not. What do you think the odds that he's still they sign him back? I would still say they're pretty I think good. They're pretty good too. I, yeah. Because the 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 tag for offensive linemen, I think, was like sixteen million dollars. I think they can get him less than that. And then the other thought process was, well, if you're going to spend sixteen million dollars on McGarry, why don't you just go ahead and spend twenty on Orlando Brown? Right. You know, if you're really going to sink money into that position, go get the best. Well, and the tag is not an automatically we don't want you anymore. No, no, we don't want you at that number. Right, right. And the guy might not want the tag on him. Some guys don't want the tag. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. I and 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 you know, and everybody takes it differently. Like some people are like, "Hey, it's a business. You know, we're we're gonna hit the open market, and negotiate, and see what we can get." You know, and if you start hearing from other teams, we're not gonna pay you, you know, sixteen million dollars a year. Then you you know you kind of start talking the Falcons again. Okay, well the market you you buy right where the market was, and then you sign. And then there's some people that take it personal. I don't know which one of those Caleb McGarry right. is. Right. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um. Wanted to mention this too before we get to break. One of my all-time favorites, uh, Chuck Smith, the uh, sack master for the Falcons in the late '90s, is uh, has joined the Ravens coaching staff. He's going to be an outside linebackers coach. He's been kind of a, I think he was on the Tennessee staff uh, a few years back, going back, and then I think um, has been kind of like a a personal coach. The what does he call himself? The sack doctor or something like that. Right. So he's gonna he's got a job now with the uh, Baltimore Ravens to coach their outside linebackers. So that's uh, good for him. It's pretty cool. I'm trying to see. What, I liked him when he was a player. I know, you know, again, I'm not a Falcons fan, but I liked him. Yeah, he was a defensive line coach for Tennessee in 20, 2010. That was his only year. The Titans of of coaching, not the University of Tennessee. Oh, that was. Well, Is that right? I th- no. I'm asking. I think it was no. I think it was. Let me click on it and see. I think yeah, it was University of Tennessee. Oh, he was at UT. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's where he played. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, he was one of he was on the that that man that defensive line they had in the '98 team that played for the Super Bowl. Uh, you had Chuck Smith, Lester Archambault, Travis Hall, Shane Renette. I mean, those guys were studs. It was a good team, good offensive line, yeah, yep. good line of scrimmage. Huh? Go figure. 
That's not a coincidence. <laughs> not a, I don't believe in coincidences, especially when it comes to offense and defensive lines and success in the NFL. Yeah. Man, I, you know, it just got me to thinking, too. We've talked about the draft and the quarterbacks and what the Falcons are going to do. I, I, I'm going to end up falling in love with Peter Skronsky. I can already tell. I, I, I love the guy. I mean, I, I just, I, I just think that that's, it, it, it's just tricky because you have needs on both lines of scrimmage. So, and there's the the edge rushers are so good in this year's draft. It would be hard to pass up on one of those. But man, it just, it feels like that's the kind of guy that can solve a couple of problems for you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Just right. because of his flexibility. Because he could, because like you said, if you get him in and you find out what he is, yeah. is he a guard or a tackle? Yeah, he, he's going to play either way. And, and you, you got, that's the thing. And you're probably going to have needs at both positions. And I just don't think you know Tyree Wilson was a guy early on that the Falcons were linked to a lot. I just don't think he's going to be there uh, with I, that yeah. with that fifth pick. And then I and I want to say this too before we get to break because I'm you know looking at a mock draft here. On uh, from Kyle Stackpole that he just released a couple of hours ago, and he's got the Falcons taking Jalen Carter with the eighth pick. I, I mean, I think by the time we get to the draft, uh, I think I could be okay with that. If, 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 if that stuff clears up, if that stuff clears up, because you know, hearing people say that, it, it kind of it's cringy right now. But you know, there, there's you know, it, well, and what makes cringy me is people make excuses for it. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. But but you know, let's. There's some stuff to, to work through there. But I think you know, like you said, if it clears up by the time the draft rolls around, I think that would be a fantastic pick, no doubt about it. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. As always, appreciate Jordan Bianchi for jumping in here with us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Y'all have a good one.